Welcome to the Half Hill Report, news and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live as we do every week from the upstairs room at Half Hill Zone, Lazy Turnip Inn. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from, let's see, oh, Yen Ironchen, who writes to us from right here in the valley. And he writes, Dear Tosh Mafuni, My wife and I have been thrilled to hear our son, Jan Ironchen, in several of your sports segments. Oh, it's Jan's dad. And, of course, Jan's mother is always thrilled to hear him say hi to her at the end of each statement. Next time you talk to him, would you ask him whether it would <laughs> kill him to say hi to his dad once in a while? March on, Mushans. Yan Ironchen. <laughs> well, Yan, I'm sure that Jan is thinking of you every time. But with all the excitement of the Mushans' new season and his senior year, I'm certain that it just slipped his mind but I'll certainly mention it to him next time I see him on campus. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. In local news, the Red Crane Society will be hosting a yak and wagon wash to raise money in support of the Restbolt Rebellion. In a public statement regarding this fundraising event, the outspoken representative of the society, Irie Freeflower, urged all local residents to support this important event. All right-thinking Pandarans must support our Rust Bolt comrades, Irie said in a prepared statement. As long as any citizen of Azeroth suffers from the scourge of rust, none of us can truly be free from the fear of rust. We must raise the necessary funds for lubricants for our brave comrades in Mechagon. <laughs> I'm not sure they understand what's actually going on in Mechagon. In sports news, in another disappointing showing, the Mushans lost their season opener to the Emerald Wardens of Tian Monastery. The Mushans started strong with freshman starter LG Windtail leading the team to several quick scores, including a spectacular arcane double in the opening minutes. Unfortunately, the team defense was unable to hold its own against the Wardens' speed. Sweeping down the field like an emerald tide, the Wardens executed a series of swift offensive strikes scoring several single and double criticals against a confused and outmatched Mushan's defense. Coach Mo Driftbranch said after the game that despite the two consecutive losses, he was still confident in the Mushans and they would improve defensively against their next opponents, the Fighting Farstriders of Silvermoon Academy. All students and alumni wearing Mushan's gear next week will be given free portal transport to this away game at Silvermoon City. Well, the fall season won't sweep you to a loss when you shop with the fine vendors of Half Hill Market. With the fall harvest season just around the corner, you'll find everything you need for the fall harvest and entertaining season at prices that won't disappoint. Half Hill Market, open every day all year round. A world of shopping right here in our own backyard. It would normally be time now for the Rizak Report. But if you listened a couple of weeks ago, you'll know that I got a new assignment from Professor Talib. So this week, we're introducing a new feature called Azeroth Before the Cataclysm. Before Sargeras wounded Azeroth, 
before the mist surrounding Pandaria fell, the black dragon Neltharion rose from the depths of Deepholm, collapsing the elemental plane onto our world, forever changing the face of Azeroth. In this series of features, I'll visit some of the most severely affected places and, through interviews and research, attempt to uncover and rediscover what those places were like before the Cataclysm. This week, Westfall. South of Stormwind, shouldering into the Great Sea, lies the land of Westfall. Its green and gold hills are home to farms, mines, and the Alliance Fortress of Sentinel Hill. But its most dramatic feature is the Raging Chasm. Located on the hills above the western shore of Westfall, this vortex of energy towers above the landscape, its elemental energies suspending immense parts of the landscape and trees in its swirling and never-ending rage. Dangerous chasm slimes patrol its interior, and unbound cyclones sweep the surrounding area, ready to catch the unwary traveler in their grasp. I could see the energy vortex as I rode south from Stormwind and passed several farms in the north end of Westfall. I stopped at Saldine's farm, and there I spoke with Farmer Saldine and his wife Salma. While they recalled the terrifying advent of the Cataclysm, their current concerns were for the small group of orphans, drifters, and transients that they were doing their best to care for. I asked them whether the cataclysm had caused much of the devastation and deprivation I had seen in the region. They explained to me that it wasn't the cataclysm, but the predatory and ruthless Defias Brotherhood that had wreaked havoc on the local community, as well as the crushing costs of the war against the Legion. The Saldines were gracious hosts despite their obviously limited means, and Farmer Saldine walked with me to the edge of the chasm. On the way, we passed another farm which had belonged to the Molson family. This once prosperous farm was deserted, except for the harvest golems, endlessly patrolling the now fallow fields. Farmer Saldine told me that he only knew of one remaining Molson, who was serving in the Westfall Brigade in Grizzly Hills. On the far edge of the chasm, I could see another farm, which Farmer Saldine told me had once belonged to the Alextons, which was also deserted. He told me that unfortunately the farms had been as we see them now, even before the Cataclysm, due to the Defias Brotherhood. But he said that like his own farm, those fields had once been rich with crops and alive with the farming families. As we stood looking into the chasm, Farmer Saldine described to me the road that connected the family farms, winding its way through the lovely rolling hills and small stands of trees, where one could once stand on a rise and see all the way to the great sea. I could see the remains of the fencing from that former road and small patches of what had been part of the Alexton's fields on the inner edge of the collapsed land. While the devastation I saw could have been much worse, I was still saddened by this terrible wound on the land, one of the many across Azeroth that resulted from the madness of one who had been empowered by the Pantheon to guard the land and the deep places of our precious home. I'll be visiting more of these locations and will share my observations and thoughts in the future. Checking the Azeroth calendar, the Trial of Style is underway and Professor Talib and I'll be enjoying that event. So if you happen to see us, please say hello. And in just two weeks, all of Azeroth will be celebrating the Harvest Festival. 
Azeroth's annual event commemorating those who sacrificed their lives to aid others. It's time once again for our weekly feature, The Inside Story, with everyone's favorite Draenei food and lodging critic, Velmic. So, Velmic, how was your trip to Amber Pine Lodge? Did the, did the whole family enjoy the trip? Hey there, Tosh. Oh, such a wonderful trip, I can't even tell you. For the missus and I, it was so much better than disappointing in at Mechagon last time. And for Dowlin and Alice, it was just what the healer organized. Um, ordered. What? Wh what you meant to say. Just what the healer ordered, not organized. Listen, Mr. Smarty Bridges, I know the saying. Dowlin's healer organized this trip for us. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Please, go on. Okay, like I am saying, this trip was perfect thing for all of us, especially Dowlin. Amber Pine Lodge is big, beautiful building with lovely view of Grizzly Hills. Innkeeper Jennifer Bell and Lieutenant Dumont keep very tidy and organized lodge, which also serves as Alliance headquarter for area. So it must have had some really great food and nice rooms, huh? Well, I have to admit that menu is kind of limited, with mainly bread and cheeses sold by innkeeper Bell and general goods dealer Jacobs. But what they did have was fresh and tasty. Oh, okay, so the menu wasn't big. I guess the main room had a big cozy fireplace and lots of comfortable places to sit. Eh, not so much, really. Most of big main room was used for formal command meetings and other than few benches, there were only two chairs that looked an awful lot of some kind of throne. But Alice liked sitting in those chairs, although I don't think Lieutenant Dumont was too happy that she sit on them. Oh, all right, the main room wasn't so cozy, but the, the rooms must have been really nice. Well, they didn't have rooms for sleeping. Only upstairs room was used for storage. As a matter of fact, we had to stay overnight at inn in Dalaran. But cool, fresh pine air and wonderful views from large deck behind inn were beautiful. Daolin was able to stand for a short time and could see the view all the way out to the icy ocean to the south. You should have seen it, Tosh. And you know you hardly notice large horde fort just short distance away. Wait, there was a large horde fortress? Of course, sure. I told you this was Alliance headquarters in Grizzly Hills. Why else would they have it there? Velmec, were, weren't you worried about Alice being that close to the horde? No, Alice charmed all soldiers, so they were keeping extra close eye on her. And of course, with the Mises around, I'm never too worried. Stable Master Ackerman even let Alice take short ride around Lodge grounds on one of the nice horses there. Well, speaking of Demesis, what did she think of the place? Demesis thought place was pretty too, but she was a little shocked that military documents were left out where anyone could see. She kept shaking her head and saying something about poor upsex, something like that. I don't know. But she particularly appreciated nice outhouse and said it was much nicer than latrines she used in Argus. <laughs> Velmec, I have to tell you, from how you started, I expected this place to have all the things you normally really like about inns. Big cozy main rooms with fireplaces and good food and comfortable private rooms. 
what was it about this place that you enjoyed so much? Tell you truth, Tosh, if it had been just me and Demesis, I maybe would not have had such good things to say about the place. But something about this place just made Daolin light up inside in way I haven't seen since she come back from war. Maybe it was change in scenery, maybe sound of wind through tall pine trees, or maybe even cool air coming up from cold sea in distance. I don't know. But if you could have seen smile and brightness in her eyes as she held herself up to look over rail on deck, well, I would have been happy to sleep on wood floor and eat stale bread to see that in her. Well, that sounds like it was absolutely worth it, my friend. I know, right? And even though Amber Pine Lodge maybe doesn't have all nice things some other inns have, this was one of the best trips I have made since doing these reviews. So, for that reason, I give Amber Pine Lodge five crystals. And tell all listeners, if you haven't been there in long time, place is definitely worth visit. But, eh, maybe book room in Dalaran for to sleep. Well, there you have it, folks. Oh, oh, wait, one more thing. Make sure when you go, go little upriver to Blue Sky Lodging Camp and ask Gurdon for log ride. The missus and Alice go, and oh, what good time they had. Dowlin and I saw them go by on the river laughing and getting sucking wet. Well, it just sounds like a wonderful family trip, my friend. So you heard it here, folks. Amber Pine Lodge is definitely worth a visit. So... Where to next week, my friend? Well, while we were there, the missus meet strapping young human from the Argent Crusade. She tell him why we were there, and he invite her to visit him at Argent Tournament Grounds. So, the missus tell me we are going there next week. Interesting? We'll look forward to hearing about that. <laughs> Until next time, Dionys Aka, my friend. Dionys Akatash. See you next week. As always, we are coming to you live from the Lazy Turnip Inn in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. Next time you're in the valley, stop by for a visit, won't you? And remember to ask Den Den for a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a Storm Stout. Well, thanks for joining me again this week, folks. And be sure to tune in later for another hilarious episode of The Fighting Fizz Wrenches. This week, Safi wakes Grizek up in the middle of the night, again, to make sure he's packed everything he needs for his trip to Boralus. See you next week, and remember, free Pandaria. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at 
Halfhill Report, or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.